0: you want an insight into the minds of the industry professionals then there's only one place to be one place to be the ins and out podcast with your host kane silver in this episode of ins and outs we speak to dancer choreographer adrian gas he tells us about his upbringing how he became a professional dancer what it was like moving from spain to the uk and how he's got where he is now we definitely have lots of laughs and this is by far one of my favorite episodes that i've recorded so far So I hope you enjoy. Here is Adrian Gass. Five, six, seven, eight. We're in, it's working. I can see it bouncing. And today we have the one and only Mr. Adrian Gass. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, sir. How are you? Very good, And you?
1: Very good, thank you. How's your day been? Yeah, good. You've had rehearsals today? Um, Well, it was a press day today, so So we kind of stopped rehearsing for a day and... Yeah, just had pressing to promote. So you've done interviews on interviews. Yes, which is quite fun. So you've talked about quite yourself a lot it. today. I know. <laughs> just practising <laughs> for this. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I've done no practising
0: today. <laughs> I've been rolling around on the floor. Nice. Yeah, very nice. So um, start off by telling us what you've been up to today. What what are you the impress press press, press in for press for?
1: Um, well at the minute we're doing we're doing a just dance live tour so it's the video game but live so they're trying this new concept which is we did a test in paris a couple of years ago just to see how the audience feel would feel like it about it and all that um and it seemed to go down well so now we're doing a pilot tour in america for a, a month um okay. and yeah we're just basically i mean like there isn't much to do of us in rehearsal studio because it's all the video game games so they're pretty easy like we just learnt them from youtube yeah. so not, not even from a choreographer so, <laughs> no. <just> so literally <laughs> i'm there as a choreographer but i mean all i'm doing is a couple of bits in between the numbers and stuff but i mean it's the easiest choreographer job ever because people just turn up with a routines That's... learnt. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm a bit embarrassed <laughs> calling myself choreographer in this one, but... presenter kind of... Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> you're, direct, you're directing. But it's fine. Coordinating. I'm, I'm loving it as always, having a great time, as I do. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> and uh, when how long are your rehearsals for for this?
1: Uh, rehearsing two weeks in London, and then we've got like three or four days tech in Miami, and then we open. Welcome to Miami. Bienvenido a Miami. I ah, see, again, what it says,
0: I have no idea. So, uh, awesome, so you excited for that?
1: Yeah, should be a laugh. It's Initially I was a bit like, oh, uh, because I, you know, two and a half years ago I said I'd retired of dance. Um, and I haven't actually been on a stage for two and a half years. But um, Kim said, unless you dance on it, I can't put you on it. And I was like, oh, US tour. Okay, I'll do a little comeback okay. for that. And no,
0: no. No, we danced on a stage together last year. We did that cruise ship. No, that the, was two was and a half years, years ago. ago. That was two and a half years yes. ago already. <laughs> wow. That was my time, last dance job. Time flies. <laughs> <laughs> so for everyone that doesn't know, we're not, it wasn't like a cruise ship, like dancing for a cruise. We were doing an, an opening performance presentation. Not there's nothing wrong with kind doing of a thing. cruise? No, nothing wrong with oh, okay. doing a <laughs> cruise. Yeah. Um, but it was like a opening Thompson's new cruise ship Tui. Yeah. Was it? So that was your last job as a dancer.
1: Yeah, basically I thought it was going to be my take that performance at Hyde Park. <laughs> and then that was straight after I was like, ah, oh, I mean, I normally just say it was the take that at Hyde Park. I was like it just sounds a bit better, but who gives a <laughs> <laughs> who gives a fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry for all you cruise Sorry ship if... dancers don't, no don't mean to offend you.
1: Never. I love it. It's just perspective. I had a great time choreographing a cruise. I had to think the live on a boat is actually amazing. Well, I better than land. You what? wake up somewhere new every day. Yeah. Oh. Have you ever done a cruise? Uh no. I wish I'd maybe done one like early on because I think like one the work is great, two you learn a lot from it. Actually, when I choreographed one in rehearsals, I swear they work harder than any of us have ever done. They do nine weeks rehearsals and they learn a new show every week for nine weeks. Oh my god! By week seven, can you imagine? Seven like, shows I in. struggle with learning a number a day. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't just one style, is it? Normally, no. Like like, well, each show.
1: Well, it depends. Each show is different. Like, it depends who's choreographed it and stuff. But. I mean, I have a huge respect for them because, literally, I remember when I went, and I went to week on week eight to teach them, and by that, they were just, like, brain-fried. Mm-hmm. And Frazier. I was like, wowza. Um, but, yeah, going back to the question, um, no, I've never done a cruise as a dancer, but, I mean, I wish I'd done it just to travel the world as much as people do. It's a great opportunity to do it paid, you know? Like, a year cruise around the world, like, epic. Yeah,
0: whereas m- most of us rookies... Save our money and then pay to see the world,
1: which is which is which isn't wrong, bad, but is different but to be for paid sure. to do it, I think is yeah. a different experience
0: completely. But then, hey ho, everyone yeah. has their own path. Oh yes, oh yes. So, have you always been a performer? When how did how'd you get into doing what you do? Um,
1: it's actually a family thing. Um, my mum was a dancer. My grandma was a dancer. Uh, my dad was a musician. My granddad was an MD. Um, so, so my mum was a dancer in the West End, London, and my grandma as well.
0: Any, any big shows that they do? Um Well,
1: they used to do, back then, more than shows, it was, um, they were Tiller Girls, which now it's not very known, but it was, no a, idea it was, Tiller Girls is a massive thing they used to do, it was like a kick line of girls, and they always used to perform for like the Queen, Her Majesty, and all like big you know like back in the day they used to do all the live at her majesties and like all them kind of uh, variety shows yeah that were massive like you know like the royal variety uh-huh. that was what was big back in the day them kind of shows with like comedians and like different artists yeah. and they were like the dancers that were on the show kind of thing and it's quite funny because um the tiller is like it kind of hasn't been done for years and over, on the, over the last couple of years they've done, they've kind of did a little revamp and stuff. And I know some of the girls we know, they did like the new Tiller Girls for, for like rural Variety, which were like with girls that we know. And I th- I'm not sure, I can't remember who did it, but it was quite funny hearing that because I never knew really what it was just from my mum and my gran. Um, yeah, so they were doing that. And then my mum one summer took a job in Ibiza back in the 70s, mm-hmm. when Ibiza was very different to what it's now before it was party land? Before it was party land, completely. It was very hippie, 70s. Ibiza was the land where um, a lot of the Americans where they didn't want to go to war, of mm-hmm. Vietnam. And they used to escape America and find places to live their own life. Mm-hmm. And Ibiza was a place where people used to do that. So people used to go, like it, they spread the word that Ibiza was completely disconnected of the world and like a lot of Americans and British and people that were escaping like the war and stuff used to go to Ibiza. So that's where all the kind of Ibiza party came from, from all these because it became really international and it was all the hippies. Um, but basically, yeah, my mum went there on, and the, I think it was like late seventies, beginning of the eighties. And my dad had a club in Ibiza, not a club like clubs now, it was like a cabaret club, like, you know, lounge, like tables, chairs, shows, musicians, that kind of stuff. And my dad contracted my mum to come as one of the dancers because he blatantly fancied her. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah, good job, dad. Yeah. And then, so Smooth. So, so my <laughs> my dad booked my mum and then they got my together. Dad booked my, uh, <laughs> hashtag book booked, booked and blessed. <laughs> Like, <laughs> which, like honestly, true story. Um, and then my mum obviously started working in Ibiza and then she opened her own dance school. But my nan, because well, my mum's English, but my mm-hmm. dad's Spanish. Yeah. Um, and my nan had a dance school in Manchester, uh, which is where that's where they lived. Um, and then, yeah. And then my mum stayed living there when he met my dad, when she met my dad. They stayed there. And then obviously I turned up unexpectedly unexpectedly (laughs) not (laughs) Um, yeah and then I grew up in Ibiza and I danced from when I was eight I started tap dancing because okay. tap dancing was the most, like, masculine thing you could do. Which is
0: strange, really, isn't it, you think of it?
1: I know like, it is now, uh, out but... of
0: every, well, I thought break dancing would have been the first Yeah, but
1: back... Mate, when I was <laughs> there was no break dancing, really. Really? Not in Ibiza. It was either <laughs> ballet, jazz... Was MC not or, around then? Or, or tap. Nah. <laughs> it was literally ballet, jazz, or tap. You don't look like a dinosaur. What do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, I'm getting on. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I started tap dancing and then my mum was like, you have to do ballet and jazz if you want to like learn the, the, you know, the foundation of dance. Oh, <laughs> the, the dreaded conversation. Yeah. So, so obviously after a couple of years of doing tap and making lots of noise off time, um, I started doing ballet and jazz and then just obviously kept doing it as a hobby. Um, I mean, in Ibiza, there was like three dancing schools. I didn't do any kind of like competition and all that kind of stuff a lot of people do here. Um, And then when I was 16 and I was doing the equivalent to GCSEs, GCSEs, that's what you call it. Um, After I finished that, I I told my parents, I was like, I wanted to dance. Well, initially I wanted to either be an architect or a dancer very broad spectrum in. i know but i was like i love architecture and like the design well i mean by looking kind of at, stuff
0: by looking at your house that makes sense yeah i it's guess very, so. i
1: mean there's more interior design but that's another yeah, path i st- could have taken but still it's i very, know i know what you mean yeah very well
0: <laughs> very well designed yeah
1: <laughs> a but, lot of things homemade i see for sure i love a bit of homemade um so yeah so then i literally my parents are like okay so if you want to do this professionally obviously i'm very lucky because my parents are in the industry so, I had full support behind me, yeah. which I know a lot of people don't really get oh, because completely. of being of this world we live in. Um, but yeah, so then ended up, they sent me to England to go to edition. And out of all the booklets I had that I was looking through, I was like, there was like Lanes, Birds, Performers College, Masters, um, I can't remember what else, Erdang, I think. I don't know why, but I really connected with the performers one, like when I was looking and at the book and this was just through looking
0: through like a brochure? This is
1: just through looking through the brochure, and also my mum really knew of Brian Rogers, who's the director of, because he used to be a very successful choreographer back in the 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, I don't know. I literally decided to come and audition for that. And luckily, I got in, um, and yeah, and then I... Went to performance for three years, and I had the best time. I think for me especially, it was amazing because coming from abroad, and believe it or not, my English was pretty much non-existent. Yeah. I know you can't really tell right now. No, but beautiful <laughs> English. <laughs> but after four or five drinks, you probably can tell my yeah. I'm not quite English. <laughs> well, we're one in. <warning. laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then, I, I don't know. I think performance for me, personally, everyone has, you know... You know, everyone has different journeys and it depends where you go and what you do and what you need. But for me, performance was actually ideal. Um, at the time performance was a lot smaller than it is now. Yeah. And it was a, it's very well catered for someone coming from abroad. Like they really looked after you. There was like really personal treat with like all the staff, the teachers, all the students, uh, like, you know, I felt at home and obviously leaving your country when you're 16, it should be probably quite hard. Yeah, but luckily I didn't really think about it too much. It I was quite comfortable instantly.
0: Yeah, and I think when you have full backing from your parents as well, yeah, it's kind of like well, if they support you no matter what can go right or wrong, Completely. you're safe. Yeah, you know they're yeah, always gonna, very, they're I always going to be on your side for
1: sure. I was very fortunate. Yeah,
0: you weren't fighting a battle to prove anything. I guess you had the backing from them, and I guess they could give they could offer you really good advice when you needed it due to already having been within yeah. the industry. Yeah, for sure. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, what When you decided that you wanted to do this for a profession, what did you see yourself doing? Did you just think, I want to dance every day, or was there a specific
1: um, thing I, that you
0: wanted to do?
1: I wanted to be in musicals. I wanted to be in Starlight Express. Yes. That was the dream. That was the dream when I travelled to England. I'd seen Starlight Express a couple of times. Obviously, i have seen many musicals. When I used to come on trips with my parents to London, um, I had a mug for every single musical that I'd ever seen. <laughs> I'm sure my mum has somewhere. I'm not joking. There's probably like twenty odd mugs somewhere bit of hiding. Dust on them, but a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're probably as full as a tea would be with dust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So my dream was to be in Starlight Express, and I remember when I was at college, I used to. There was Craig Footed which is a guy that used to go to my college that still lived in the area, mm-hmm. and he was in Starlight, so sometimes he would take us with him after college to go and see his show, and we would then travel back. And was um, Starlight in uh, Starlight was in Victoria at that point, ah, which okay. was the proper show, because they built Victoria, the theatre yeah. like pretty much with all the... The ramps. The ramps, and and all here. that, which was epic. Um, and that was the idea. And then... Could you roller skate? No. <laughs> I've never even tried. <laughs> I've never even tried. It's like being... but no, I, I might stu- want to be a footballer. Can you kick a ball? No. I've never tried it. No, not no. I have never tried <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Which, yeah, sounds ridiculous, but oh well. Um, yeah. And then, I guess during my time at college, I discovered more of, like, the cold commercial hip-hop kind of thing. I've never done anything like that before. Um... And I don't know, I started getting more into that side of things, like, you know, Justin Timberlake released his first album, oh, and that's how I got I a bit obsessed with that Martin Kodelka. he came to do a workshop in London when, when I was in my first year, and I remember it was the first time I ever, like, did anything in England that wasn't going to college, I came into London by myself, shit in my pants, I am like, <laughs> travelling into London, I and mean, it sounds ridiculous right now, but... And I went to this massive workshop. I was literally scared. And Shivers. everyone in triple XL basketball shorts. Oh, shirts. everyone in <laughs> UFOs with loads of strings coming out of them. That was the vibe back then. The jungle trousers. There was the little shopping, yeah, Covent Garden that everyone used to go to. Yeah, that was brilliant. Um, yeah, and then so started when I first started auditioning. That was the idea. I was doing musical stuff. And then, but I already started also to do auditions for like commercial stuff. To be honest, at the beginning, I didn't really have, I didn't have a vision of, okay, this is what I want to do. Yes, I wanted to be in a musical, but I was very open. I didn't leave college going, I'm only going to do this. Like, I was quite open to anything at that point, you know, especially at the beginning. I think you just have to take what you can. And I mean, that's the way I saw it anyway. No, 100%. So I auditioned for a bit of everything. Um, But then... As soon as I left college, I actually went back to Spain for a month back home in Ibiza to just spend time with parents and one last holiday before I become a professional. Last <laughs> nice um, retreat at yeah. home. <laughs> with mums cooking and <laughs> people doing your washing for you exactly. again. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then when I did that, I while I was in Ibiza, I, a friend of mine from Spain told me that there's an audition for a there's this big famous TV show in Spain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why not? I'm just going to go. I've got nothing to lose. So I yeah. went to Madrid uh, for this edition and literally somehow they were looking for one new male dancer and one f- new female dancer for the, for the TV show because they'd been going on for five years already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I somehow got it. Um, and I got the job and all of a sudden I was like, okay, so I'm not going to be in London anymore. I'm going to go to I'm Madrid. actually going to Madrid. And, and I did that for a year. And it was... Incredible to do, like a whole series of a new dance TV like drama, um, which I feel like n- hardly any performers get to
0: experience. No, that alone not for at all. Exactly. Job. Yeah,
1: and and I learnt so much out of it. But it, God, it was so, it's so different to what it is in England, like professionally. Like yeah, I mean I know you know through Operafion Trumf and stuff. Yeah, I've worked in It's Spain, just it's, it's quite different... it's quite ghetto. Like yeah. Um, it's just very unorganized. Very like yeah, everything's a bit chaos. There's no, you know, there's no. There's vaguely a planning of the day, but there's not planning of like what shots they're going to do. Just they just throw cameras it. around and. Someone running all of a the sudden. Stage. They don't. They won't say heads up if there's a light coming down on top of you <laughs> or, or anything like that. Like, I'm not even joking. Some of the da- like this was my first ever dance shop. I was quite scared. Mm-hmm. I was 19, and the other dancers that have been doing it for years in the dressing room. They used to get stoned before (laughs) they went on set. And I, like, I never... You're fresh out of college. I'm fresh out of college. I've literally... I've just probably been drinking, like, I mean, for a month. Like, I probably had four (laughs) drinks by that point. Um, And I was like, these guys are getting, like, stoned. And they were going on set, like... And I was just, like, mortified. I swear I got stoned sometimes just from being in the dressing room. Because I, I felt too bad to be like, oh, I'm just going to step out.
0: <laughs> Don't um, look uncool.
1: Yeah. And, like, what the hell? Were, like, you the, were you the youngest? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was 19. Everyone else... Not that I was much younger than others, but there was a big variety. You know, from... 27, 28, downwards, kind of, to my end. So you're in that
0: I-need-to-impress
1: kind of phase. Well, I wasn't Well, yeah, I guess so, yeah. You want to make a good impression. Yeah, of course, you want to make a good impression, and you're always working hard. But it didn't feel like... It just felt like what you wanted to do, wasn't it? Yeah. um, And it was amazing, and I did have a great time, and I met incredible people, friends that I've had, you know, since now, and friends for life. Um but yeah I think after one year I really thought okay this is great but I feel like I want to go back to London I do think I want to do that side of things in London for me it's the capital of Europe when it comes to entertainment Yeah. Um, and I was like you know I can always come back to Madrid but even in that one year I noticed that really there isn't much else And it's e- not like you kept hearing of additions and other stuff so you just go wow there literally is not much here and there's a couple of musicals and I went to audition for them and it went well but I was like, nah, need yeah. to get back. to Did London. you
0: find that you're with you coming to England to train at the college that you went to? Did you find that you were very different to the other dancers that were on the job with you? Were they better than you? Worse at you? Were there things that would so show the
1: difference in the fact that you trained here and they trained there? I think, um, I mean, everyone had their own strength. Obviously, I think for me, it was I, I had more the. I was more versatile as in I knew a bit of everything. Yeah. And I know some people think that it's better just to do one thing and concentrate on it. I think for me, actually, what's actually given me the most out of my career is being versatile and know as much as I can of every single style. 100%. Um, Because you never know what the next job is required, like what's required from it. So that's how I've been really, that's how I've got to where I've got. Um, really by being good at a bit of everything um, but so that's that's what I noticed that I was better at between like all the people yeah. there is that I knew a bit of everything people a lot there's not really colleges out there and stuff so people had had training but not yeah, the not the three year training that maybe I've had and and yeah it does show but obviously what I maybe showed in more technique and thing like that they probably gained uh, they had a lot more when it comes to Knowing what to do, how to do it, because it's the, as we, we were talking before this was the experience you gain on the, on the job, which is obviously crucial to everything, and is knowing how everything works, what you should do, what you shouldn't, and that's obviously something I didn't have a clue. So that's why I started to learn from really,
0: uh, and uh, yeah, and I guess that was your first introduction to yeah. work in life, which. Yeah. As you said, as we spoke about before, this is you don't really get to practice that whilst you're at college. I feel like at college, they just give you steps and a skill set and information. Yeah. Whereas you don't really get the opportunity to practice it very much.
1: No, completely. And I think, I mean, and I understand as much as, you know, I've gone to colleges before to like have chats with people and all that. And you can give them an introduction, but let's be honest, like it's something you have to learn in the job. And people can explain you, but even when you're at college, you don't even really listen to the people when they are talking to you. That side of things. Not saying everyone, yeah. But you know, I remember when I was at college, if someone came to talk to us about the industry, I would listen. But it's not what I was, uh, what I felt I was there to do. Yeah. I was like, no, I just want to dance. I just want to show you yeah. how good I am. Um, but then, yeah, I guess that's just when you get out there. It's what you learn. It's from your experiences so when you came back from Madrid after your
0: what was that TV show called?
1: Un Paso Adelante
0: after Un Paso Adelante <laughs> did I say it right? yeah was Perfect. Really good. after Un Paso Adelante have you lived in Spain? <laughs> for a few months I know um, <laughs> uh, what did what, what did you find then when you came to London were you did you hit the typical unemployment streak of a dancer did you fall into some work? Um, when I came back were you broke?
1: Um, Did I you wasn't... sell yourself in Soho? No, not yet. I was later on. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Um, I th- it was quite hard, actually, when I came back. Because uh, initially, obviously, I didn't really know anyone in London. Um, I only knew the people I'd been to college with. And it wasn't like a college that was in London. It was in Essex. So some yeah. people had gone into London. But actually, most of the people had either gone on jobs, like, you know, gone to do a summer season or gone to do a you know, lot tour or gone to do like whatever cruise, all these kind of things. Um, so I didn't really know. So i actually felt quite lonely when I came back here. Yeah. Cause I didn't have a good base of friends or anything. Um, and actually my parents had a friend that had a house that he wasn't going to need cause he was going away. So I stayed there. But the only thing it was like, it was in a slough it was in so Slough. not really in London. So not really in London. <laughs> so I lived in London. Uh, I lived in Slough for quite a few months. And actually, I hated my time there. At the beginning, I didn't realise, but I was so disconnected from London that even to go to London, it was a bit of a it's a job before a job. Yeah, exactly. So and so I used to go down to go to classes and go to pineapple, but it was quite hard work. So if, And then I started doing promo jobs. I had some friends that I knew they were doing it and I got contacts and all that. So I started doing some promo stuff like, you know, giving newspapers or leafleting or whatever um, just to pay, you know, my life and stuff. Um, Yeah, so was a bit of a hard period there, but, you know, we all have hard periods. I feel like everyone goes through that phase. Of course. And I think we have to go through it to actually be thankful whenever afterwards we hopefully do well or do other things, you know. I think it's very important to have the downs to be able to appreciate the highs. If not, 1,000%. we just don't appreciate. Um, yeah, and then I went to an audition for... Well, obviously, I've been to quite a few editions uh, that I didn't get um, for musicals and different things. And then Stars in Their Eyes came up. Oh, wow. And I did the audition for Stars in Their Eyes and got that. And that was... I used to love that shit. A blessing. Yeah, I remember, like, that's the only thing kind of I knew of... England like before I came to live here because I remember when I used to come at Christmas to stay at my nan's in Manchester we used to watch like the Christmas special or yeah whatever, and it was like the doors would open and the smoke oh
0: my god if she's changed transformation yeah, like, Tuesday exactly. like, yeah. in yeah. three seconds I'd be like oh my god yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so literally got that and then started that which was full-on um, but actually it was amazing I mean it, they made me cry and laugh and everything Um, Michelle Thorne, who was the choreographer, um, worked like she was proper, like hardcore with us and it was full out. Which I think for the beginning is great. Which is great, but it definitely broke me. I think (laughs) like, I think she used to like breaking the newbies, you know? So whoever was new, like, she was like, by week two, I have to make them cry. (laughs) (laughs) Let you know where you stand. Yeah, exactly. And I definitely did. But I got to work with like amazing people like everyone on it was brilliant I met actually great friends that I've had for the rest of my career um, well the rest of my life uh, and yeah I think of because I was the new one and everyone else was established dancers people that worked loads you know you had Nathan Clark you had Nikki Tro you had Arthur people who still you still work now a lot. yeah completely um, and they were just like for me they were great like people to look up to to learn from so I felt very privileged, and that, like I say, sometimes I feel like now, like now I feel like obviously the industry has changed quite a bit in that manner that I feel like now people don't necessarily just respect people without knowing what they've done or who they are. Like I used to respect anyone in any job because I was working with them, and I because they're obviously done something right to be yeah, where exactly. you are, and, and it doesn't matter if it was a dancer or an assistant or. Someone from the crew, like I feel like we all had more respect for everyone. I feel like now it's like you have to gain your respect, and everyone has to, you know, it's, it's become a bit of a different world. I think I think um, that's the power of social media exactly. Well. It's changed that completely. Social media, which is a whole other top topic, yeah, which I'm, we
0: may get which to, which we might, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so so yeah, and I did, um, I did a couple of seasons of Stars in the Eyes which was great fun. We used to shoot in Manchester back when Granada TV was there. We used to rehearse for like six to eight weeks, and then we used to go for like four or five weeks to Manchester to shoot the whole series. Um, And it was good. I mean, amazing experience, like learning so many routines and then like, you know, going and shooting two different episodes every week. And I was very lucky that one of my first jobs in England was a good job that. back then was like it was great money like they treated you very well Mm -hmm. so i definitely got spoiled to start with um did you have
0: an agent for that then
1: no i literally actually just like i come and i heard about the edition and it was just a, a closed agency edition for success agency and i literally just turned up
0: are they still around?
1: I, yeah. Oh my God. they. I was with them when I first moved to London, but I don't. Really yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're quite a, still a big agency now. They do loads of like gigs and TV, still like loads of TV. And I've got friends that work for them and they do great stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. I so yes, yeah, so I just bunked the audition and I got, I did it, did the job. And then obviously during the first season, they made me join. So when I had to do the <laughs> second season, I had to pay them commission. Well, obviously, back then, I wasn't going to say nothing, was I? I was just happy to get yeah. the job. And I, I was like, I've got an agent now. Yes, man. Yes, man. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was that. Fantastic. Um, and, and from there? From there, then I did eventually do a musical. Yeah, that's, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, did you get to I fulfill did get dream? To do, I mean, yes, even though it was a musical. Like, I did Daddy Cool. Okay. I was Sean Cheeseman uh who came from the states to do the show and it was amazing and I, I got it was an incredible experience and i was very lucky that already uh, he asked me to be assist assistant choreographer so you know that's how i started pursuing my whole choreography thing actually quite early on luckily um you got a taste of it yeah i got a taste of it and i really enjoyed it um and yeah it was full on it was a year of like God, I can't... Like, so many things happened in that year, in that show. Um, they, I wish they did, uh, like, a big brother out of that show. Like the reality Because the amount of tier bit. drama that happened in that show was quite full out. Um, and was that based in the West End? Yes, yeah, we did the West End for nine months. And then they went on tour after, but I chose to not go. Um, and I did love it, and it was amazing performing every day, but I did realise during that time that it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do because I was starting to become the artist I didn't really want to be and not that I was lazy but it was such hard work to actually every night give as much as I would want to give yeah. and that's why I feel like I've got such a huge respect when I go to see musicals and there's people that literally do give you Ten that 100% sweet. Like have you every seen Thriller? Time. Have you
0: seen Thriller recently? Not recently. I've, I've seen Thriller probably three or four times and I remember the first two times not really enjoying it. And I saw it, I saw one of my past students in it a few months ago. And I literally went and watched it and thought, oh my god, these are absolute ninjas. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if that's me getting old. Maybe I, a little bit. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe, but I remember auditioning for Thriller and being like, yeah, I wanna do that. And then I looked at that that night thinking, oh, I don't wanna do that. Like, <laughs> if they do that 10 times a week, I've got so much respect for those guys. Like, Yeah, they're yeah, bouncing around that stage, whether there's 10 people or. Eight hundred or a yeah. so thousand, and I they think have to output the same.
1: That stamina and that that thought, like that mentality of doing that, I think it's amazing. And I realized that as much as I got through it, I didn't see myself doing that for years and years. Yeah, I feel like what I love of the industry that we're in, what I love is the change and always meeting different people, always doing different things. Always keeping your mind active with different, you know, I was going traveling to travel into different places and yeah, it and doesn't so, feel like a nine to five, does no, it? exactly. So, I feel like out of that, that made me realize that I wanted to pursue more the commercial side of things. So, after that, that's literally what I put my mind into, and not that I would have said no to another musical, but obviously my priority started to drift a little yeah. bit. Have you done any
0: other musicals since then?
1: Uh, no, I haven't danced on another musical, no, but luckily enough, uh, last year I got to, um, I was associate choreographer for the band, which is the Take That musical. Yeah. Um, so Kim Gavin obviously was the the proper choreographer and then I was kind of working alongside him. Um, so it was amazing to actually work back on a theatre stage but actually I got so much more out of it being on this side yeah. of it than actually on stage a so. very different perspective yeah right? for sure
0: so after you did Daddy Cool what what was in your path
1: then did Um, so then I, I started doing more like I've managed to obviously get a few um, commercial agents and all that so I started doing castings and all yeah. that you know uh, the dancer hustle yeah the, the usual Um, and then for me it was Kind of what made me, not, don't want to say known, but what put me in the radar a bit, like, so people started to know who I was. You can kind say known. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that just feels a bit wanky. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's just us. <laughs> but, um, so it was basically, I got a commercial for uh, Vodafone. I remember this commercial. <laughs>
0: this commercial is epic.
1: Yeah, like, I, it's definitely something that I've always been very proud of, actually. Um, it was my first big kind of commercial job, yeah. And I managed to do. It was like a campaign for Vodafone, and I was like tap dancing uh, for, for who was my girlfriend, and who is now a Hollywood star. Is she? Yeah, she was it? the she was the, um, uh, Leah Sudox, which is she was the Bond girl not long ago. Wow. She's she was in Inglorious Bastards she's like, she's done so much better than me. (laughs) (laughs) And you were the one dancing. (laughs) No, but, yeah, but literally, like, she just played my girlfriend and I was, like, dancing for her. See, the masculine Um, tap dancing as an eight-year-old pays off. you know. There you go. That that was the moment. My eight-year-old tap dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, mommy. Thank you for letting me do this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so literally, that was kind of, to call it something, put me on the map kind of thing. Oh, 100%. I Um, feel like...
0: I remember seeing that advert and it was definitely I was in college I believe at the time and it was definitely the talk of the college like oh my god there's an advert with just dance yeah which was actually
1: kind of unusual especially tap and Um, especially a man yeah like it
0: was viewed then I don't think dance was as cool then true you know it wasn't very masculine thing until you
1: made it masculine (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, it was me, all me. It was, it was all, all you. me. Wasn't divided. Thank, you Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Pat on the back.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of what like put me on the map and obviously made me aware of people, and then just started auditioning more and started like getting more jobs and you know working a bit with everyone and doing you know more. Don't know more like more TV stuff. more I guess like a gigs more variety and, of gigs. Yeah, here, like you know corporate and commercial and all that kind of thing. And I, I really did notice that that's what I was happy doing. Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, and you've in you've done a lot of work with Take That, haven't you? Yeah. Um. How How many tours have you done with Take That now?
1: Uh, I, I've done four. Four tours as a dancer, and then one tour as a choreographer. Because I think I remember seeing you do the circus tour. Yeah, that was my first one.
0: Now, what was that like to do? Because that, as an audience perspective, was a visual spectacle of magic. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if that sentence made sense, (laughs) but that's how it was. It it wasn't about the dance for me. It was was just about visuals and characters, and seeing, fortunately, lots of my friends getting paid to dance, but it wasn't even so much that they... It, obviously, they were all fantastic dancers, but it was seeing them act. It was kind of like you were actors as opposed yeah. to just dancers, and there was so much things going on. It was such a great production. What was that like to do?
1: Oh, I mean, that was epic. Like, obviously, that, for me, was the biggest thing I ever did, and, like, performing to, like, 80,000 every night... I know they're not coming to see me, but it's, you still get the same buzz as they they came to see the masculine (laughs) (laughs) tap (laughs) dance. They came to see that Spanish eight-year-old tap dancer. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, it was completely amazing. Like the best feeling I've probably ever had on stage. Um, As you said, the spectacle and obviously the theme already as a whole, like circus is... you You can go nuts. And then... The music actually, like, was amazing. And on top of that, like, I have to say, Kim Gavin definitely nailed it on that one. Like, hundred all his creative and all his ideas definitely all came to life. Um, and it was incredible to be part of it. And sometimes you kind of wish... I, I mean, obviously, because it was my first tour, like, you don't let it sink in so much because you're so much worrying about what you're doing and stuff that... You're and don't game. get me wrong, I do... I do have great memories, and I luckily enough I like recorded uh, videos during the whole tour, and I did a video for everyone at the end, and and I, I, I it's just I, yeah I mean there were so many of us, and we had like aerial we had aerialists, we had um, gymnasts from China that came to be part of the cast. There was Epic. forty of us. I, they must have
0: spent a fortune. Oh my god, yeah,
1: but when you when you're doing forty gigs. Eighty thousand people a night. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you can afford to. Yeah, but I that's what's so. great about take that is they they feel like well not they feel like they want to put a, on a show. They're not just people that just want to do a show. They're not to, there to make some to cash. cash the money. Like, of course they want to make money, but they actually put an incredible show and they're proud of what they do. And they always want to make sure that they amaze people. Yeah. And it's so nice to see that from artists, you know? There's um, a lot of artists that do that. Some a big that don't. thing I
0: remember from uh, from hearing from a lot of the guys from that tour is how well you are looked after, which I feel like I remember a lot of people from the older generation of dancers than me always say, you know, when we did Top of the Pops and stuff, we got taxis everywhere and we got looked after and we got catered for whereas Now I feel like since I've been a dancer which is almost nine, ten years, I think, it is very rare to get that such fantastic treatment. It's a very rare thing, especially here in the UK. Yeah. But I feel like you guys on that job
1: got... They really took care of you. Yeah, f- completely. Like, you did feel like you were at the top of your game. Like, you know, the all the hotels were incredible. Um, sometimes we had, like, private jet to take us from one country to the other. Just all 50 of you. Like, the whole plane was, take that plane, yeah. and all the back rest of our seats was the TT logo. Brilliant. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that, and the things that you got, yeah. that, back then I was like, well, probably now still yeah. be like, that is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste of money, but it's
0: brilliant. But it's so good.
1: <laughs> um, and just like, the catering, and the costumes, and like, everything, like, the parties, and yeah, and you are right, like, it, like I remember, like, I kind of was in the crossover of that kind of top of the co- pops generation, and then kind of the newer kind of generation, the X Factor generation. Yeah, we'll call it. Yeah, that's quite but a bit of yeah, people, right. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that like definitely. I think because obviously internet was the problem. Internet made music. You know, they didn't. They don't earn the money they used to. Yeah. So that's why we just ended up getting treated the worst. Not the worst. Not the but, worst, but. but Less than it was less better. Less, yeah. <laughs> Very Spanish that. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, but I I completely agree on that tour. And to be honest, every single take that tour that I've been on, we have been treated amazing. But I guess because that one was such a huge I one, I think I
0: remember seeing you one time with like a big take that Parker coat.
1: Yeah, I mean well, we had, like, I like, remember suits. we I had remember suitcases. being so
0: jealous of that, that. I was like, I want a tall coat. <laughs> <laughs> North Face raincoat
1: that says TT on it. And no. I remember I <laughs>
0: remember they gave you iPads. Yeah.
1: On the first night of that wasn't even circus, that was Progress. After the after the end of rehearsals, on the first night, we were all in a room, they came to say like thank you for working so hard and rehearsals on rehearsals. On day one. And they literally <laughs> like, oh and we got you a little present. And they literally got all the iPads out. Like it was brilliant. I've actually got a audio recording of this somewhere. Like I just cause I was like, Oh, I'm just gonna it's record us another memory. And literally they just gave iPads to everyone. It was it was pretty epic. That yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. So I mean I have to say they are I mean, well, now the three, but the four, and when they were five, <laughs> they were all—they're all so generally nice people, and they've always treated everyone with so much respect. And they treat you as an equal. They never look down on you. And yeah, did you get it's... to
0: spend a lot of time with them off stage?
1: Uh, in some tours we did, and some we didn't. Uh, it depended really, good for their situations. I only have
0: one. Experience actually of take that again. We were saying earlier how we feel like every dancer ends up doing the Brits, the EMAs, and I feel like take that is one of those jobs as well. <laughs> On another podcast I did the other day with Jordan Durrell, I said I feel like I'm the only dancer in Britain that hasn't done take that. <laughs> <at my age." laughs> and he was like I thought everyone did take that (laughs) yeah because that's
1: the thing with Kim because he loves numbers so if he does like a Brit Awards TT you you know there's going to be a hundred or Royal Variety a hundred naked men a
0: hundred naked men in thongs bent over for five minutes uh, you did that
1: then how was that yeah, how it was all right. How many <laughs> anals did you start? <laughs> oh, <today>? God. <laughs> that was definitely an experience. I'm glad I was only in the second row, so I didn't get to see too many asses. <laughs> did you know who was in front of you? Do you remember? Oh, uh, I think it was maybe... I can't remember, actually. I don't remember. It's don't one know. of those gigs, I bet, where
0: you're like, all the gay guys are like, this is the dream. Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, I no, don't even know if for no, them it was. No. <laughs> and when you painted as well?
1: Yeah, we all had like painted like muscles. <laughs> Because a lot of us, me, didn't have many. <laughs>
0: just skinny bastards <laughs> in <a> g-string.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that was pretty... I, you know what the one thing I remember from that one um, was... So I remember the one good uh, like story of this job is that Dennis Yao was doing this job. And because there were so many boys, he did the rehearsal. But on the day of the gig, he just came in, signed in. So he got ticked off the list and then went what and a, left. What an absolute gangster. <laughs> he didn't do the gig. He just left because he was like, I'm in the back corner. No one's going to notice if I'm not here. So he didn't do the gig.
0: <laughs> what an absolute legend. Can you imagine? That's the best thing you imagine? Thing I mean,
1: that's like yesterday with Dua Lipa or the other day with Dua Lipa at the Brit Awards. Like, I bet you if one of the girls could have done that and just still get paid and no one even knows she wasn't there.
0: No one would have a clue. <laughs> that's that's, that's how, genius. That's how
1: much we're like indispensable literally, they, just, they don't even know we're they, there they don't know when you're there <laughs> or not it's all about numbers it's completely
0: <laughs> I feel like as a dancer you, what I think people don't realise is how much power we have like we're very indispensable but at the same time we kind of make or break your whole show yeah, yeah for sure like it, but it depends <laughs> every situation is different in some situations
1: I'm like yeah you could literally destroy the show or destroy yourself yeah like we've seen sometimes
0: oh yeah I remember doing um, X-Factor and we had Jedwood and they had to get lowered down on these fucking cables. And Cisco was like, oh, you have to do this head groove and unclip them at the same time while staring at the front. And I'm thinking, are you fucking nuts? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't do a head groove unclip them and stare at the audience with smisey eyes. You
1: can't say you can't do it. You just do it. No, no, I'm seriously... That's what I learned. <laughs> With Okay. With okay. like, like <laughs> 20,000
0: people watching you, whatever it is. And I remember in the tech like rehearsal... like 7 million, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the viewing. In tech rehearsal, I didn't get it once. I literally couldn't get it undone and I was going to the, I can't remember which one it was, let's call him Idiot number 1. I was like, fucking stay still, stop jumping up and down. And he's like talking to me going, can't you do it? In his stupid (laughs) Irish accent. Sorry to Irish people. And I was like, no, I can't get it undone. So I literally remember getting to the live show and thinking, right, after getting it wrong in every tech rehearsal, thinking I'm not going to be the one to not do this. And there was a young dancer at the time, his name is Ian, lovely kid, fantastic dancer. But it was like one of his first gigs and, and he got it every time in rehearsals. Oh, and he, no. started, he started grilling me, kind of taking the piss. And I was thinking, <laughs> you know, maturity is going to pay off here. Like, <laughs> this is going to come back. So when the idiots got lowered from the sky, I literally did not look at the camera, did not do the head groove, but I made sure that that clip was undone. <laughs> and Ian, who Dude. was cocky, doing a head groove and looking Aww. at the camera, didn't get it undone. And they had to get a techie to come on with a space helmet unclip him is that Jamie Hogan? no (laughs) (laughs) actually it could have been I don't know but yeah that was absolutely brilliant like and I just thought the power we had we could have both just said you know what you're not coming free you won't stay still you're staying on the cables (laughs) epic yeah yeah so take that so you've done four tours with them and then you've helped assist on the last one
1: yeah, like, I, well, I was associate choreographer on the last one.
0: So, how did you get into your position as uh, a choreographer? What was your first choreography gig? Obviously, your first one was assistant for Big Daddy Cool with Sean G. Yeah, so I did.
1: Yeah, I did quite a few assisting jobs for different people. I assisted David Layton for quite a few years, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Um, and then, and then, yeah, just after do- doing loads of assisting stuff, um, somehow I got asked once to do this. Uh, TV promo commercial for Sky One and that was my first choreography gig mm-hmm. um which I was very lucky to straight away do like a TV yeah. promo um and it was for 24 the TV show, yeah like doosh, Jack Bauer
0: doosh, doosh, New it
1: so that was my favourite TV promo. oh my program. god I really still love it um so yeah so we got asked to do a TV promo and it was with one of the characters it wasn't Jack Bauer it was the other guy um Oh, that's really gonna annoy me. It was the guy, the other main guy that yeah. that died, but then he wasn't dead, he was alive again. Yeah. That's gonna really annoy me. I can't remember his name. But anyway. Um it was with him, and it was like it was like they wanted to do like a music video, kind of with him being the main guy in it. Um and we shot it all, and actually Keith Sutherland actually came in because he was shooting another sky primer next to him. So I got to meet him, which was epic. epic. Um and no, I definitely didn't call him Jack Bauer. I would have fully called him Jack Power. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: So that was amazing, but... I used to fancy his daughter in that so much.
1: I oh, was it she, the blonde chick? Yeah, yeah and now she she's actually,
0: in that t- TV show on Netflix Is called
1: The Ranch. Oh, she I haven't seen she's that. She's still hot. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I did that, and that was my first ever one. But it didn't get aired. Mm-hmm. Devastated. So I was gutted. It didn't get Ed because it was a problem with the owners of 24. He did a shit job. No, I didn't. I swear. (laughs) I was quite proud of it. But anyway, not much after, I did a Got to Dance one. um, I remember that. um, Which lovely Emil Walsh.
0: Walshie. We love you, Walshie. Yeah, because
1: I couldn't be there for the shoot. So I did the rehearsals with her and then she took over and ran it for me. Um, That was amazing. It was great because there were so many dancers, um, so many different styles to do. Everyone was like dancing with Davina McCall. And yeah, and that was kind of the beginning of like me trying to be a choreographer. I mean, I'm still trying. succeeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know, but just you know, as long as, as long as we get away with it. And since, <laughs> since being a
0: choreographer, what, what has been your most proud moment that you've got to create? One of those ones where you have created it and thought, do you know what? Because obviously I feel like we are our own bi- our own biggest critiques. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, especially as a dancer or when I create things, I always go, yeah, that was good, but I could have done this. What is your one where you're like, do you know what? I feel
1: like I might have smashed that one. Um, oh, God, that's a hard one. I feel like I never feel exactly like I smashed it, if you know what I mean. Because as you said, we're always our worst critic. Um. There was a couple of moments like... For me, I mean, I'm very lucky that I work a lot with Kim Gavin and Nathan Clark, um, and they've given me amazing opportunities to do stuff. Um, But especially as we were talking about Take That, like after being a dancer on it for so many years, um, it was actually quite hard to kind of step down from not doing the next tour. Um, But I, 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 I stuck by and I said to Kim that, you know, he knew that I was choreographing now and... And, I, I, you know, I said to him, I, I just can't do it. I need to, like, move on and do other things. Um, and then he was looking to have someone else help him out to choreograph the show because, obviously, Nathan Clark always used to do it. But, you know, he's so busy doing his own things and doing incredible things. So it kind of, luckily, it was kind of my turn to step in. And Kim gave me that opportunity. And, obviously, Kim now, like, you know, he's a creative, but less and less, maybe he choreographs less because you know, he wants to give a chance to like younger choreographers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I mean the, already the responsibility like for me to go in like knowing the show and how amazing they've always been and what like Kim and Nathan and Gareth Walker have always done, I literally was a dream job for me as a dancer. So to take that responsibility and like do it as a choreographer, I'm not gonna lie, I was shit in my pants. But at the same time it was amazing because I did feel at home because it is like a family. You like with any strangers. Exactly. So, so yeah, so it was hard, but it was amazing. Um. And I have to say, like, I'll never forget first working with great dancers that I had on that, people I knew, people I didn't know. But I think for me, like that first night of seeing um, the last TT Wonderland tour mm-hmm. um, in Birmingham, like I was so nervous because actually it was a, it was a mix of emotions of, bittersweet because I've always enjoyed performing with them so much that I wasn't sure. I had this thing in my head that I was like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this because I've always been on stage and even like, for example, Never Forget, which is the most like the simplest like number that we do because we just do the, you know, the hand claps and that. But it's actually a moment to take it in and see the audience that everyone is doing, the hands with you. And it's one of the moments you actually just enjoy your time on stage and take it in. And I think for me, the realisation of being in the audience and not being able to, that be me. And have that feeling. And have that feeling. it was I was actually quite nervous about it, but I'm not going to lie, it, it was incredible. Like, I literally lived... I started crying straight away. Like, I'm a very emotional person, as a lot of people know. Uh, <laughs> they, do but, <laughs> they do now. They <laughs> do <laughs> <laughs> But literally, I just... Got so much from that. For me it was a relief as well because I actually got the same buzz if not better of being on the other side of it and still get that buzz and I was lucky enough that you know like seeing some of the numbers I choreographed like come to life Mm -hmm. in such a big magnitude incredible stage was epic and then I think one of my other uh, ones is Intimacy Me on Ice. Uh, which is the ice skating show yeah. that they do in Italy with like incredible um ice skaters from all around the world. Is that
0: like strict, is that like um Dancing on Ice here? Is it uh
1: not really because Intimacy on Ice is just a one-off concert Well, it's three three night concert in uh Colosseum of Verona. Yeah. So and it's with Andre Bocelli singing the opera um and Nathan Clegg has been doing it for many years and then this year he was so busy that he kind of gave me a bit of responsibility to kind of run it while he couldn't be there and stuff so i got a chance to do a couple of numbers on it as well um while looking after the numbers that he did um and working like i've never really done i've done i did dancing on ice a few years ago when i choreographed like a number for rebecca ferguson yeah so i had like had a little taster of how to work with ice skaters but you know, I've never worked with, like, really, like, how... I don't know the terms of what they do or anything. So <laughs> you are more a creative than a choreographer because you're not telling them what steps to do. What's the equivalent do. of a Padishah? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you just... You kind of ended up just telling them, like, what kind of feel you want. And, like, you can obviously still give them the arms and partner work stuff. But I got the chance to work with these two guys. Um, and they're Olympic champions from soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Sochi Olympics, but um, they're they're from the states, and they were like the most incredible ice skaters I've ever met, like in person and in talent. And I had to choreograph a, a number with them, and that night when we were in Verona, and it's the it's the last standing coliseum which actually is in use yeah. for shows. And the whole middle of the whole arena is iced and all the projection is going on the ice. And and that moment where they performed that duet that we kind of made up together and ah, it just like to be in the magnitude of something like that, where you've got Andrea Bocelli singing, you've one of the oldest buildings that is known to mankind still in use. Um, and then having such talented people and also being something that we're not, I'm not used to doing, which yeah. is ice skaters. It's not something kind of Exactly. Alien. Yeah. Um, that was another like massive moment for me.
0: Isn't it? I've just been watching the winter Olympics and I was watching the, fig, the yeah, figure Yeah. Well, basically
1: there? the two Canadians that won one of the, they were one of the couples that we had as well. Ah, so I was watching that and I was
0: looking at what they do on ice thinking, fuck I don't know many dancers that can do that on the floor like it's, it's so the positions different. they get in and the, the yeah. how they turn their balance and their strength you know it's, they're kind of like ballerinas who can ice skate and contortion at the yeah. same time and then they can do this incredible partner work it's absolutely insane yeah
1: for sure. It's like a massive ice. It is yeah. incredible. And when we think we working work on ice, do you know, what I mean we're outside on a shoot and we're complaining. Yeah, they that, work on it always. Yeah, we're like it's <laughs> cold. Yeah. They're literally yeah. always on <laughs> that ice. And if you fall, it actually really, really
0: hurts. <laughs> 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 and do you have any moments as a choreographer where you think, Oh no, I fluffed it? Is there any of those ones where you're like oh did I make it work were you questioned I,
1: you mean, have any yeah. I mean I always question it um, there's always to... moments especially if it's like a last minute job and I think obviously the problem nowadays well and know for a long time is time is money you know yeah. um, so everything sometimes is done in such a rush that sometimes you do get in situations where you're like oh maybe or, or that's not you imagine something in your head and when you do it it doesn't really come out like you wish but I think it's so important to still take risks and do mistakes. At the end of the day... That's how you learn. That's how we learn. And I think I'd rather do 10 mistakes.
0: Oh, definitely. I On my way here, uh, a Will Smith thing came on my phone or oh, something. I know which one And it is. was like it's saying, like, embrace failing. Like, failing is how like, you succeed. Yeah, yeah. And without failure, we never I've, know what I success saw it. is. I remember someone posted And I literally it. was just like... That's. I mean, genius. he's the prime example, isn't it's he? You can ul- tell he's that kind of. It's the ultimate thing that we're all so afraid of doing, but yeah. actually, in, until you fail, you don't really know what success is or what is going to prevent you from failing. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree with you. And as a dancer, there are any moments where you think, oh, do you have any really embarrassing moments? Oh. Because I feel like every dancer. I mean, got an I know I moment. do.
1: I just need to try and remember one. That's one or of the worst. Few. That was. My worst. <laughs> <laughs> It's trying to hard to pinpoint one. Um, I mean, oh,
0: because my most embarrassing moment ever is actually with you.
1: Which was this?
0: When we were doing Tarken <laughs>
1: okay. in uh, what? Germany, what did when you
0: do? we were meant to wear black boots. Note to all dancers: never ever do this. <laughs> <laughs> when we were meant to wear black boots, and because I had to trick, I was thinking. I'm not wearing fucking black boots to do the whole show and trick the whole thing so I purposely left my black boots in the hotel room and wore black <laughs> trainers but rookie mistake wearing all black I wore white socks of course you did and do you remember I went out for my freestyle for like four rates and my shoe came your off your shoe came off and you just had a white sock and I just had sock. a white sock on and then I went to sneak my foot
1: back in my shoe in front of what five, six thousand people <laughs> and I was hopping for an eight count. So I couldn't I get remember my that. Foot in and do you remember also on that job is when we all froze for like eight, 8s because Patrick had had a had a freestyle set, and we all froze and he was he's, the he's not there and we all looked to the side we were all like where the fuck is he and we're looking he's just off stage looking at us like he didn't even know he was in that number he was just looking at us like right. boys and I'm, we're like what are you doing like, obviously I mean, I just look at him <laughs> eight just standing there nothing happening oh
0: that i don't job. think
1: there was even singing i don't think totally no. was singing it was just like was, that was for yeah, patrick was to show moment. off and and after the number we're like dude you were in that number and he was like oh my god i was <laughs> i thought it was weird you guys were just standing there for ages i was like oh my god that job was fantastically brilliant i mean is that i oh know that was the one in germany or in Istanbul? germany that we're was in dortmund germany. oh yeah
0: that we was, went for a beautiful meal that night and that was the one where they didn't tell us there was pyro
1: And they just exploded next to us whilst on stage. Of course, that's very European, even though Turkey's not Europe. But well, that's a very Europe.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's probably my most, one of my most embarrassing moments. You've got to have
1: one. Oh, I mean, I definitely do. I've just got the worst memory ever. Um... (sighs) No idea. No. I'm gonna have to. I'll have to come back to you with that one. Any, right I mean then. trust me there's definitely plenty, there's definitely. but I just can't think of We'll them ask right now. some dear friends. Yeah, exactly. If you we'll ask my friends, do. I'm sure they'll have pollen Well I'm
0: at some point I'm sure we'll get you on the back on the podcast with some other folk. We'll do like a group <laughs> one. I'm sure that we can get some people to grill you. For sure. That that won't be hard. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're an established choreographer. Um what do you feel like the difference is? between being a dancer and a choreographer obviously besides the the position you're in as in you're in a hierarchy as as lifestyle do you feel like the lifestyle is different like as a dancer I feel like you're always hustling to get jobs to dance is it the same as a choreographer like what's the inside life of a choreographer I think if you've never done it you'd have no idea what it's like
1: Um, for me I think it's a more lonely job mm-hmm. um, I just feel like you know, when you're a dancer, you're always in in big groups. Not, I mean, not always, but generally Generally you're in big groups. When you're in rehearsals, you've always got time off that you're chatting to your fellow, you know, dancers. And I feel like it's a lot more sociable, um, which I think once you're on the other side of things, one, you have a lot more responsibilities. So one, you've got like if you're in the studio you're normally always busy so you're always the one that's obviously trying to get work done and everything also sometimes when you go away on jobs like you know not always working with dancers sometimes you're working with actors and things like that like you know you travel to places and you're either going by yourself like a lot of the times I end up using an assistant more because I want I mean one because you want to obviously bounce ideas with someone and making like someone to help you out. But I think sometimes it's just nice to have someone with you because it can sometimes become a bit of a lonely yeah. job, you know? Um, but I think the main difference really is the responsibility. I think as a dancer, you normally, like, you don't have much responsibility if you think about it. You do, as long as you do, you just turn up, you just turn up 10 till six, but before 10 and after six, let's be honest. Like, I know, you know, some people will go through it in their heads and stuff, but, That's it. You just go somewhere. You get told what to do. Then you go home, and you do whatever, and you forget about it. Which, I mean, it depends. Each job is different, but I feel like sometimes as choreographer, like one, you have to think of like the ideas behind it, unless you have someone else that's given you the ideas. You know, then you have to think about the choreography, and you have to prep. Then once you finish rehearsal, you have to think of you know what did work, what didn't work, Mm -hmm. if anything needs to be changed. Then you have to start planning like, you know, the you have to do the Bible, you have to do all the lighting cues yeah. for shows, like it's an, it's a it's it's not a ten till six job basically. It you breathe it, you live it like all day long, every day, which as a dancer I don't think I ever not slept at night. Yeah. Like because Very of, rarely. Of, very rarely maybe something very specific. But as a choreographer, sometimes there's a lot of pressure and all the work you do. And, and actually, you're leaving people to do your ideas and your creative and all your work. So, you know, you pass over the, the burden to a certain extent yeah. and you feel like you're not in control, you know, so... Like, it, obviously, I love it and I have a great time doing it and I feel very fortunate to be doing what I do. But for sure, it's, there's a lot more pressure. But um, but it's not a bad thing. But it's just definitely a harder thing.
0: <laughs> and what would you say that you've? What what is something that you say that you've really struggled with? Like what what do you struggle with as a choreographer? Is there a specific aspect to it which you like? This is for me by far the most difficult. Or is it the steps? Is it
1: organizing? No, t- not really. Like there is nothing that I've like that's really made me worry like sometimes it's just the pressure of the whole thing because mm-hmm. you have to please so many different people sometimes like if you have so many the clients of the clients of the clients and <laughs> like do you know what i mean there's yeah. so many opinions and what you do sometimes which is hard like you can't take it to heart like yeah. you know even though it might be you know sometimes as i said earlier it's not your creative or it is you just can't take things to heart because there's so many opinion and everyone's trying to do their job and everyone a lot of People are just trying to put their stamp on it because they know they can. and So for me, it's just not taking things to heart. And I think sometimes you just have to be more open-minded and let things develop and remember that it, well, not you know, mainly it's not to please you, but it is to please the client or the needs of whoever's asked you to do this job. So yeah. I think that's the thing that you have to get most used to.
0: Yeah, and without it sounding too wanky, but trust yourself because there's a reason. I guess you're in that position. Yeah, completely. And then,
1: but sometimes the client forgets that that they've booked you for a reason, and they just they just because they're nervous themselves, they push that pressure on you. Yeah. Um, which sometimes makes it harder. But I think that's just everyone's insecurities. I think the most the worst thing out of all of us is our insecurities, and that's sometimes what comes out with people, the way they talk to other people, their way at work you act with others is I think it's all based on insecurities so I think the more the less the people have insecurities or at least accept them the easier it is for everyone to get on and work well together
0: no definitely and now you're in a no now you're not a dancer anymore except for this month (laughs) um is there anything that you look back on yourself in your career as a dancer and think that you wish you'd kind of done a bit differently Or wish that you had a different outlook on things? Um, Not
1: really. Because I think... uh, Obviously the thing... No, I don't mean that because I think like... You know, not because I'm like, oh, everything I did was perfect. Not at all. But I'm not... I never look back on anything and regret. I'm always a very like... Everything you've done has happened for a reason. And that makes you the person I am now. Um, And I'm actually quite proud of the person I am. Like, not as a choreographer, as a person... Um, and I think thanks to everything I've lived and all the awful things and all the great things that have happened, I, I am where I am. And I am very grateful where I am. So I, I, I can't think of anything that I would have done different. Yeah, you can think that, but I'm, I'm, I'm not someone to dwell in the past, really. Fantastic.
0: It's really funny. I want to pick up on what you said. You said that you're really proud of who you are because, and not as a dancer or as, a, as work-wise, but of who you are as a person. And it's really interesting you say that. I remember doing Operation Triumph, the job we talked about earlier in Spain, and being very frustrated on that job and very wound up. And I was working with Emma Welsh, who obviously we both have a very close relationship with. And I remember her saying to me, think like Adrian. Like, think, think Adrian doesn't get in trouble. Adrian just gets on with it. Everyone likes Adrian. You want to be like Adrian. And that's always kind of resonated with me because I was that angry little 21-year-old, which is like... He's fucking shit. This choreographer shouldn't be here. I, I could do a better job than this. I've choreographed hip-hop dances for competitions. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's definitely something which resonated with me a lot through my career. And when you say that, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Was, <laughs> actually, I do feel like you are fantastic at your job, but I've never actually heard someone say a bad word about you. And I think you... I never want to say on my podcasts what advice would you give to young people because... It always ends up the generic thing but mine would be that i used you as a role model quite a lot and i always used to think bite your tongue and get on with your job and just be nice to everyone and uh, again it, it goes back with what you said earlier about respect you said you respected people in all positions yeah and i do think that's a massive carry-off for people to to use and take that on board
1: yeah completely i, I honestly respect is one of the main things and for me the other thing, the other thing is like, I just feel like people, uh, especially now in this world of like social media and everything, everything is so worried about what everyone else thinks what they're doing and showing that they're doing the best jobs and all that. And it's just people need to remember that like, whatever makes them happy is not necessarily what everyone else outside is, is their happiness. You know, everyone has their own happiness and you have to find that. And obviously, the more you do things and the more you experience and, like you find your own not happiness but the way you want to do things and there isn't a right way or the wrong way there is just your way and as long as you're happy with what you're doing and you know you're not hurting anyone by doing that and it's for me it's that like i just i just don't think people take things too personally and i think there's obviously a good side and bad things for that but i think everyone everyone has problems in this world and everyone we all have to respect each other and as long as we do that, and everyone has to, can deal with people, then we can move forward and we can actually enjoy our lives. But people, are, the egos for me, egos for me are problems. Like because egos is just what makes people react in ways that they shouldn't, because they're trying to prove a point or because they want to be the boss. And and as for me, as long as you treat people as on a level, I think we're all equals in this world. Doesn't matter if you're a student. Uh, freaking director that's done everything in the world or just someone in the middle. Like I think if you just treat everyone as an equal, we can all get on and get shit done and live well. (laughs) No, I completely agree. And I, do you believe that that's probably
0: a big part of your success?
1: For sure. Like I think I, I have a great life touch wood because I, yeah, I just, I do what I do. I, I don't, I don't really hate anyone. I think everyone reacts to how they do because they have their own problems and their own reasons. Um, I don't take things too personally, not because I don't care, but because I don't think nothing matters that much. Half the things that we get annoyed and frustrated is because they mean a lot in our bubble. But when you put things into perspective perspective is so important you know people are like oh i can't believe i've got two jobs at the same time and i can't do it this is ridiculous oh, i'm so annoyed or or i can't believe they cancelled me on this job it's like oh my god there's like i know it sounds so stereotypical but there's kids like in syria dying every day and there's bombings and we're worrying about i got penciled on this job and and i know it means something to you and it's important that it should mean something to you cuz you know you need that passion behind it to push you further but you still always have to have a bit of perspective behind you and i think for me that's what pushes me every day to to just get on with it and enjoy what i've got and i think as much as i know we're here to, i mean we're here to talk about everything but obviously the first connection of this podcasts and stuff is the industry we live in as much as i love what i do like dancing choreographing or whatever as an artist like for me my main thing is is living as a person and all i know is that i know when i'm in my dying bed when i'm very old i'm not gonna look back and think oh i wish i'd done more jobs or i wish i'd earned more money i know i'm gonna be there thinking I hope I spent more time with the people I care, the people I love, my family, my friends, and do travel the world and do things like that. And yes, I'm lucky that I do a job that I love, and God, I feel so like lucky about that. But it's just we just need to be more lighthearted about it because life is so much more than it is about an audition and about a choreographer doing a choreo that you don't think it's cool, or an agent telling you that oh, uh, you got cancelled or whatever. Like, of course it sh- you should it should matter, but it's just putting things into perspective and actually just enjoying what you've got. I could not
0: agree more. <laughs> and on that bombshell, because <laughs> I think I hope people have taken a lot from this, and I hope people take a lot from you. I feel like you have a lot to offer people creatively as a, but more more than as a for or a dancer but as a human you're i feel like a human that i respect as a human not just work-wise there are lots of people in this world that i meet which i think they're very talented people but as a human i don't have a lot of respect for and you're one of the people which i put very very high upon my respect ladder and thank you for spending time with us and what you just said at the end could not be more important <laughs> and that is the grand scheme of life now
1: for sure mate and that's why i love sitting here on a sofa with someone like you because i can open to you easily because i respect you as much as you just said so thank you very much for being a guest thank
0: you mate it's the first but definitely not the last <laughs> um speaking of social media where can people find you mate oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've never been asked that before have you um, um was is it is it myspace slash dot com bebo, <laughs> bebo. <laughs> I'm at Adrian Gasplant. Yeah,
0: <laughs> at Adrian Gasplant, and that's on Instagram, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because everything else is fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy Instagram because Instagram I love pictures, YouTube, you so love it keeps me happy. No, thank you very much, and uh, we're out. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Ins and Outs podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and also make sure you're following us on Instagram, at underscore. Thank you very much and until next time, the ins and outs.